0: Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham Cricket Club. Um very pleased to welcome uh, two folks alongside me uh, this evening. Firstly, my my co-host, Salman Ali from North London. Sal, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Dan. Good, good. Enjoying your uh, your, your lockdown or is it much the same as everybody else? One long yeah, drag? Yeah, much the
1: same. So, yeah, it's a bit of a drag, but, you know, it has to be done, I suppose. So I guess... Sticking sticking to it. But with the weekend coming up,
0: we've got some football to watch. Who's your favourite German team? Oh, good question, actually. Um yeah, Something to think I'm about in the next few days, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm probably a Munich man, to be honest with you. I know it's boring and probably not very popular, but yeah, that's my team. OK, well, we'll will, we will no doubt talk
0: more about this because there's not that much more sport to talk about in, in the coming weeks. Um Alongside Sal and myself, very pleased to introduce um somebody who's played a lot of cricket in Middlesex for a number of different clubs. Uh, and has also taken on, you know, quite significant administrative roles, uh, and, and we'll get to unpack all of that in due course. Um, very pleased to welcome Mike Jadonat from Harrow Town. Yep,
2: thank you very much. Um, thanks so much, Dan and Sal. Very pleased to be on this uh, podcast with you guys. And, uh, Great to have you. Mike. It really all is.
0: Blessing. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're part of a cricketing dynasty there. I mean, I've I played with and against, you know, a fair few Jadonats uh, over the years. So, um, so I think a lot of people listening will will know. Uh, we'll know a lot about your background, your 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 um, your cricketing story, but um, but but we're keen to hear just a bit more before we
1: do that. Though, Sal, how, how would you introduce Mike? What what do we need to know? What are the basics? Okay, so it's a career that spans over thirty years um, as a youngster. You represented Middlesex in their age of cricket, and from there made his name playing in the old what was called Middlesex Cricketers' League, which is now the Championship, and obviously now is is uh, merged into the County League. Um, played for various clubs within that, within that, in that league. Move into the championship, from there into the county league. Also played for Sussex Twos. Um, captain the old league side for the Championship. Um, played for Middlesex over fifties, and has also been involved heavily in the nineteen eighty seven league, where he was also the chairman. So as you as you can hear, quite a extensive career, which I'm sure we all can look forward to hearing about in the next few minutes or so. Good stuff.
0: Good stuff. Um, We tend to ask our guests, Mike, we give them a long half-volley to begin with, and we're always keen to know, um, quite simply, how you got into cricket. Where did it all begin? How did you end up picking up a bat and getting involved? Uh,
2: Well, uh, my parents uh, were from Guyana, originally, my parents, and obviously mixed with a lot of um, Guyanese superstars in the years gone by. And at a very young age, my father was very heavily involved in cricket, as well, um, and my uncle, as you probably know, Peter, and um, okay. we had a lot of cricketing um, stars from Guyana, so the likes of Alvin Kadicharan, Carl Hooper, those sort of people. We, we mixed with Roger Harper, so we were all a, a circle of friends, and when we were very young. Most of the Guyanese uh, stars that played in the Shell Shield in those days would stay at my father's house, so we would oh, wow. um, be coached <laughs> by them, be coached be coached by them at the local park, North Acton Playing Fields. Um, and that's where we all, we all. Well, that's how myself and my brother started cricket.
0: Carl Hooper at the North Acton Playing Fields. That, that, that's a picture <laughs> I didn't think I have in my head. That's brilliant.
2: Well, he didn't actually stay. You know, he, he was in the circle of friends, but maybe it was Derek Calituran that stayed with us. Uh, another chap called Danny Ram that played right. for uh, Guyana. They would stay at my dad's house when they played uh, local cricket in um, in England. Um, and that's how we, you know, we go over to the park every so often and practice with them. And, uh, I, I think he must have played against a chap called Fazl Sattar, who represented, uh-huh, yeah. uh, Guyana. Yep. Yeah, and then represented Canada in the World Cup. Um, so he stayed with us for about seven years. Wow. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's that. Uh, that's how our cricketing kind of evolved over the years. But my dad was, you know, coming from back home from Guyana, really wanted us to play cricket and we started at a very young age.
0: And where did you start? Did You, you went into uh, a, a cults network, I guess?
2: Correct. We were spotted and at a, a school in Chiswick, um, and the chap was Simon uh, Hughes's father, um, that spotted us, and mm-hmm. myself, and my brother, and said, look, why don't you join Wickham House? And a chap called Ken Cross picked us up. We used to live in Shepshbush, used to pick us up every day. Uh, takes us to practices, takes us to lords, and he was very keen on our cricketing background. And you know, bless him, he was—he was one of our major founders in for ourselves playing club cricket. And hence, people like O.A. Oh, Shah stayed at his house. So that's how um how good he was.
0: And that's interesting, isn't it? Because Wickham House—I mean, old, older listeners will know—was a real production line of fantastic talent at the time, wasn't it?
2: Oh, definitely. And I, you know, I well, I—I think it was about when I was about fifteen, I played my first. Um, league game for the thirds. I scored 100, and I remember that distinctly because Ian Botham scored that tremendous 100 at Trent Bridge. Um, Hold on a minute. So you yeah.
0: scored 100 in your first league game for the thirds? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then wow. from but there... I got none. I got, do... got naught in my first <laughs>
2: ever. <laughs> I, I, I distinctly remember that game. I got 100, took three wickets and uh, run someone out, and uh, never looked back since then. Then I went into the twos, played a handful of twos games, and then i was in the first by sixteen, seventeen.
1: super fantastic brilliant michael my first recollection of you is playing against you at acton i mean you was always a player we went to get out um scored lots of runs probably against north london from what i remember what was your sort of memories of being at that club for the years you was there oh
2: it was a tremendous club north acton uh, acton creek club uh you know they We were, we were requested by a chap called, um, Puran Singh, um, and he knew us through the circle of family friends. And then obviously being from Guyana, he, he wanted us to join. I was at the time I was playing good, good level of cricket and we, we moved there and it was a good atmosphere, good family club. Felt out they could, could could go places and a a tremendous amount of young youth that was coming through the structure. Um, as you probably will all know, all of them, you know, uh, the Basterfields, um, the Reeves. Yes. Um, the hunts, all those sort of good youngsters coming through. Um, and it looked like a club that would go places and eventually it did. So proud of them for doing that. Um, and that's where, you know, the, my 13 years of cricket went from there. And we started off in the Morant League and uh, we won the trophy three times. I think it was between ourselves and Chessington. Um, and then we got into the Cricketers League, which it was then. And that was with the Mill Hills, the Harrowtowns. Um, I think the village was in there. Alexander Park, all had very good players um, and made a lot of runs against those clubs and played a lot against the county league sides. Uh, scored a lot of runs against those teams. So I was requested, asked if I wanted to join um, Shepherd Bush at the time. I uh, was approached by Mickey Stafford and Alf Langley and wanted me to join them. But, you know, I was I was enjoying my cricket at Acton and I, I wanted to see Acton go places, so I stayed there.
1: And, and where was the next move after that from Acton?
2: So from Acton, um, I skipped one season at Acton after the dynasty of and Singh. And then I went to Mill Hill. Um, I joined Mill Hill because they had some very good cricketers there. And they approached me and said, well, I'd like, like to join them. My brother was already there. And I said, yeah, why not? Let's, um, let's give it a go. Move around a bit and, uh, played here for a few seasons until they went into, um, liquidation and then, um, moved on to Harrowtown. So I had a very good couple of seasons there where we won the league. We won the Federation Cup. Did a triple one year, Um and uh, yeah, just thoroughly enjoy my cricket there as well.
0: If I can dive in there, Sal, very quickly. Um, yeah, it, it, it seems like there's a real core of West Indian cricketers there, uh, and and there's a real tradition of uh, of West Indian cricketers playing in Middlesex. I mean, w- would I be right in saying that, that that tradition's not as strong now in in 2020 as it was back then, and and, and why is that?
2: Well, unfortunately, I mean, when I was growing up, my father had his own team, uh, which was Acton STO, which was a post office club, and they played in the West Indian League. So you had the Glides of Caribbean, Commonwealth, and Homewood, and all those clubs that took part, Starlight, and of all those cricketers, the, uh, the 1970s was where all the great West Indian cricketers, I mean, you could have put one of those sides in the West Indian team, and they would just play just as well. Uh, but unfortunately, I mean, as time went on, the older generation kind of faded away, and the younger generation, there was the younger. Players playing, but then you had Felix Walker, you had Chris Lewis, and those guys that were in the system at the time, and the Defreitas. But after a period, they just slowly disappeared and moved on. And unfortunately, that's where I think West Indian cricket died out, Um, because there was no kind of focus on Colts cricket within the West Indian leagues.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a familiar, familiar story all around the country as well, doesn't it? Really, I mean, I there was a number of clubs in the Midlands that were well known for having strong West Indian cohorts, and. um, well, I don't think they really do anymore, or the number of them is definitely much much reduced. Um, although saying that, I remember playing a nine eighty seven league game with, with you at Shepherds Bush, and uh, they are one club with a strong West Indian tradition, aren't they? And I, I remember being in a conversation with you and three or four of the guys from the bush, and um, we started the conversation in, in a language that I could understand, like namely English. <laughs> but by the time you guys had got going, I hadn't got a clue what you're going on about. The, 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 <laughs> the accents were just fantastic, and I, you know, it almost felt like you know, you, you were in the Caribbean drink, drinking rum on a nice, warm summer's day. It was it was, it was was great to see
1: it, but not not sadly enough of it anymore. Sorry, Sal, over oh, back, yes. uh, back over to you. Yeah, sorry, so Mike, obviously you mentioned actor and who Hill. We had some sort of success playing your cricket. So obviously your next step and your sort of final step was moving on to Harrow Town. But before we move on to that, do you want to sort of give us a talk about where you paid your county twos at Sussex? How, how was that experience? And was the any sort of challenge you experienced in that sort of period of time in your career?
2: Yes. Um, well, when I played for um, Wickham House, I just completely, well, we went on tour to Yorkshire and came back. And in that squad, you had um Gary Brown, Keith Mildicott, uh Richard Rudnagar. His father was um, the editor or writer for the Telegraph at the time. So we had some good cricketers there. Um Obviously, Keith Meldicott went to Surrey and um, uh, Gary Brown went on to play for Middlesex. And uh, I didn't fit in along the way. And I, I said to Ken Cross, well, where do I go from here? Um and he said, well, you, you can write off to the counties. Middlesex didn't pick me for their squad. And I said, okay. My father said, right, let's go to Warwickshire and Sussex. And obviously Alvin Calitran was at Warwickshire. Um, wrote to them, had a trial there. Um, wasn't successful. Jim Ocker was a the coach then and said, well, you better go back to Middlesex. You're too flamboyant. You're too aggressive. Um, well, I was a typical West Indian batsman. But then I went on and had a trial at Sussex and Stuart Story took me on. And I played a handful of three-day matches and uh, one-day matches uh, for the under-25s. And uh, after he was sacked, Norman Gifford had a clear out, and that was the end of me there. Um, but the lost. Like stint that, I you? So at you're Sussex.
0: accused of being too aggressive. I mean, you know, much much <laughs> yeah. West Indian cricket. <laughs> That's the way every West Indian batsman was, apart from Larry Gomes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it was unbelievable. I I, I never forget that day. And my father and Alvin Kalishran was sitting behind the net watching me um, bat, and uh, the. I think there was a couple of second eleven bowlers uh, from Warwickshire bowling to me, and then I think like you can see down the background, the coaches and said, "Well, oh, just fly a few bounces, expecting me to duck." But as you know, Dan, I just love hooking, so I was talking <laughs> everything. Smack, I yeah, duck. I can
0: imagine. And then, yeah,
2: and um, unfortunately, when he called me back into the, the dressing room, he said, "Well, yeah, not bad player." And before, prior to that, Alvin spoke to me and said, "Oh, I didn't realize you were that good. You 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 should be playing for Warwickshire now." And he said, "Well, I look forward to it for." You know, see, start of the season, and then I think it was Jim Ocker, the guy at the time, said, "Well, uh, you're too flamboyant, you're too aggressive. Um, you know, we haven't got space for you. You need to go back to Middlesex." And, and that was it. um And then obviously went to Sussex and had my trial there, and played with them for the eighty-six uh, season, handful of games. Enjoyed it because you played again. I uh, in the squad at the time was Neil Lennon, Pete moores Babington, Brian Ali Khan. So you know, there was a good circle of people who that went on to play first eleven for Sussex.
1: Mike, so in terms of obviously you mentioned some of the players you played against, I mean, how would you sort of describe the standard of cricket you played in the twos compared to where you was playing on, on a weekend for your club sides? What was, how would you assess both of them against each other?
2: Well, um, in those days, uh, in county cricket at level two, uh, you know, the secondary level was very high, the standard was very high, very good cricketers. Um, and when you look at the county league at that time where I was, you know, playing against um, the Finchleys and Ealings, they have phenomenal players so you could put spot you know you could you could put the standards more or less the same and um, when i played cricket at that time very good tough cricketers you know you you had um some of the guys at Ickenham, they had two brothers that were playing for Middlesex then um and they were phenomenal players so the standard was there on par but if you you said now and i was what i am now today if i was then playing county cricket i would easily walk into maybe their first teams when i look at the standard now and um, but you know that's the unfortunate thing about eras and decades of cricket. Things move on, and the standards have slightly dropped. Now there's no enthusiasm. There's no drive to be number one in the world anymore, is there?
1: Well, you mentioned earlier on about um, obviously you was overlooked just because of your playing style. Do you feel them, there's other players as well who had abilities similar to yours who maybe been overlooked based on what you just mentioned earlier on? Who sort of slipped through the net and could have been potential county cricketers who obviously didn't. Fulfilled expectations or the you know ambitions.
2: Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's only the other day I was speaking to a chap called Darren, Matura um, that played for Highgate, and you know a handful of these guys came through uh, club cricket. He played for Highgate, and when you look at all the Western Union cricketers that were filtered into these sort of clubs that were playing county league, uh, club cricket, could have easily have played for the county but never got the opportunity. Um, but. You know, I was one that was very fortunate at that point when I wrote off my letters and got for my trials and got a handful of games. But then you had, um, Phil De Freitas, you know, obviously Mark Rampacassar was a talent in his own right and he, he was merited there. And likewise, Oase Shah. You know, these guys came through club cricket and, and show their talents and just kind of got in very, very, um, with a lot of hard work.
1: Oh, interesting. So obviously your, your final step we mentioned everyone was was at Town. Um, do you want to talk yep. us through how, how that move came around and your time at the club and, we you know, what are your sort of um, moments that you sort of look back on and think, you know, I, you know it was all worthwhile? Uh,
2: yeah, um, Harrowtown, um, we, after uh, things didn't go too good at Hill, and they started to fold, um, the Shafis and some of the brothers moved to Kenton. Um, there was a chap called KC that went to Harrowtown, Barry Mohammed. That played Finchley went to Harrowtown and he encouraged us to go there. We went back to acting for well, one year and then, then obviously we went back, then we went to Harrowtown. And they said that they're starting up. And Harrowtown was one of the clubs in over the years that produced a lot of Middlesex players. I remember, um, David Todd was there. A very good setup. all-manly, the Goldsmith, um, had a very good yeah. young core of boys. Good the cricketers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good cricketers. And. You no, know, I thought, I thought it was a lovely ground to play on. I always had a very, very good admiration for the club itself as well. Um, scored a lot of runs there. Um, and I felt, yeah, it'd be a nice place to play cricket and, yeah, settle down there. And obviously by more, our knowledge in cricket and what we can do administration wise in the background, we help the club kind of keep, continue running and progressing. And so that's why, um, yeah, I spent 20 years there. I mean, things change. It has its ups and downs, and yes, you know, our, our town did go downhill. Um, but you know, we built a club up back, and I was quite instrumental in 2013 in being uh, the football club for the ECB, um, and that was that was quite a quite a unique day for us. We took us through that one,
0: Mike. That's the, I, I remember that quite well. What was? How did that come about? Did did you apply for that, or did they come to you? And what, what, um, what actually what, happened on the day?
2: Yeah, so um, what we were doing, we were looking at the rebuild of the club and we wrote a letter off to Sport England. We did all our finances and everything else. And um, once we had put out all three, um, a young chap, I can't remember his name now, for, for that was on a participation group, um, helped us along and said, well, would you like to be part of the, um, the showcase club for 2013? Because I think the last one was... Um, St Mary's and I said yeah we'll we'll go for that the club was very adamant about it but I, I pushed it through and um you know then we got the grant and sat down with the uh, ECB for a number of uh, with Jim Layton and sat down with him and went through all the procedures and how we can do things and it all took off from there so it was, it was quite something a, a, that a I a one...
0: it was a very impressive Sorry. event wasn't it because it was, there was lots of your guys were down I remember seeing the photos and and I think did the Middlesex yeah. the Middlesex first team came down to help out as well didn't they yeah, they did. did,
2: yeah. We had we had Jonathan um, uh, Cookie there, um, Charlotte Edwards was there on the day, Angus oh. Fraser, Mike Gatting, um, and Boris Johnson was there. So it was a... So oh, did, my yeah, goodness.
0: Oh.
2: So we, it, was, it was a really good day, had a good day. So, you know, things like that, and I, I got an Oscars for that because I was very much instrumental in everything I set up, which was pleasing to see. Um, so, yeah, did part of that and uh, saw it through, so I was very pleased with that.
0: Super. I mean I, I was gonna gonna ask you actually a bit a bit about the off the field um things that you've done because it, it is easy to, to forget that cricket needs to be administered like, like all things do in, in life. And you put a lot of time and effort into a league that you've not really played that much cricket in. In fact I'm I'd be keen to know have you played any league cricket in the nineteen eighty seven league? I guess you might may have turned out for one of Harrowtown's Towns lower sides in in in, in the <laughs> no, in years no, gone by. No.
2: Well no I in 2000 I was approached by my uncle when he was playing for the um, 3011 and said well, could you help us out with the administration um, and I said, yeah yeah, I'll do that and I did the uh, I started with the, being the results secretary so taking right. calls on my answering phone phones and and uh, in the evening and you know that was that was that old was really, school yeah. Uh, oh, yeah it was very old school you know getting calls at three o'clock in the morning by members who had, had a few drinks in the bar and just sending in their <laughs> results. Yeah, the way the family up and the kids when they were young, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I that was one of the best part of it because I spoke to every club. Um, I made such very good friends along the way, got to know people, and especially when you when we had the presentation evenings, you could put a face to everyone you spoke to on the phone. So I did that for 12 years, and then obviously, um, sadly, uh, he passed away, who was the chairman of um John Northy, who was the chairman of the championship at the yeah. time, yeah, um, and you know, unfortunately, he just just that evening before I found out he passed away, he spoke to me about you know being coming in chairman because he, he thought very highly of me and the amount of cricket I played, and spoke to me about taking over the championship and the eighty-seven league. Um, but uh, then I then Peter took over after him, spent one year before he moved on to Canada, and then obviously um, I was voted in to take over after him, and because chairman. So when, when chairman did you become chair Institute. again?
0: What year was it? Can you can you
2: remember? That was about two thousand and twelve.
0: Right. And when did the idea um, come up to, to join with the Middlesex County League? Was that something you were aware of back then? Or, or did that did, did that sort of become apparent much later on that, that that could happen?
2: Well, yeah, it could happen. And I felt that um, the 1987 League, when it was well, I mean, obviously the name itself, was, it was created in 87, And that's why I, I added, when I became a chairman, I added the Middlesex in front of it. So I wanted to, to show that we were part of the Middlesex. Um, and made it the Middlesex 1987 league. So I changed, added that name to it. Um, and my, I foresaw that, you know, all majority of the third and fourth 11 clubs were counter league sides. So there would be in the future one day that this will all come down into one sort of structure. And I think, you know, majority of us, Andy Newton and Peter and uh, Charlie Myers we could see that happening eventually, but we, you know, we wanted it to still run so we can still control it. We can still give the benefit of doubt to certain clubs. You can see assist them, and I felt that I, you know I I played enough cricket to look at where the flaws were in cricket to make sure that clubs that were not at that standard or that level could kind of bring the standards up and help them along the lines and make clubs understand carrying out the rules and you know, obtaining certain criteria and making sure that they kind of play cricket on that sort of level and enjoy it. That was a that's what I really uh, wanted to do over the years. And I think I succeeded in doing that because we then started the young player of the year um, award. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the players that won it, um, you know, a young lad from North Middlesex played for England in the World Cup, um, the under 19s and, uh, Luke Holloman. So it was pleasing to see. And he was about 13, 14 when I presented him with a play of the year. A I remember community. that, Mike.
0: I remember that evening, actually. I only put two and two together now that it was that same guy, Luke, who's gone on to play for England in the 19s. Wow, that is quite, an, quite a nice story, isn't it? It is, it is. And when you when you
2: look back, and uh, and I saw him at the Milsex County League uh, dinner last year, um, it was pleasing to see him there, and uh, he re- remembered me and uh, shook hands. And it's those sort of moments that you feel proud that you, you saw a youngster come through the structure, and you know there he is playing County League cricket.
0: Yeah. And you do, of course, deserve a medal because, I mean, much, um, you know, much as it's sort of, it's sad when when people move on and, you know, to the great grandstand in the sky. But Charlie Myers was one of your go-to men, wasn't he? And and I love Charlie to bits. He was fantastic. But I've never seen anyone bowl a cricket ball slower than than Charlie Myers. He he was one (laughs) of a kind, wasn't he? And you you spent a lot of time on and off the cricket field with him. Uh, What were your memories of Charlie? Yeah, well. Bless him.
2: I mean, it's, uh, it's so sad that, you know, one of the fans... It is. It
0: really is. Yeah.
2: And when you think of Charlie, you know, that he was a Wembley man and that uh, he just did so much for Wembley. And, and you can clearly see that they truly miss him at Wembley. Um, but for me, on the whole, um, for the league, my Uncle Peter, just that they would sit down every evening, have their meetings, have a glass of wine, drink out his uh, scotch in the evening, Peter used to say. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he was truly a true member of our family. And, uh, you know, I was very shocked when he passed away, but he, he was a very, he was very astute with his money. He knew what he wanted and he was, he, he did everything right. And I think he controlled. I would have just spent out all the money in the league to all the clubs, but he, he had it all, you know, s- systematically set up. And when you can see the presentation evenings, it just, it, but flowed correctly. It, it did everything correctly.
0: Yeah, he was one of the last good guys, wasn't he? He was a true cricket man um, t- through and through, and it's a great shame that he's uh, that he's no longer with us. Um, but the context that I knew, Charlie, and where I actually really got to know you, was through the 1987 League rep side. And, of course, a, a few of us played for that. I-, I-, I think I played one game in the 1987 League in its entirety, actually. Um, but a few of us played for that rep side because we-, we-, we enjoyed the midweek cricket that it offered. And it's still going on now, isn't it, the, the representative side from the 87 League?
2: Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, Mahal Thacker, uh, he's at Wembley now. He's taken over. Um, and he's done a grand job. Uh, the amalgamation that went through with, um, the council league, we, we suggested that we'll continue to run it for the next few years. And we put a bit of funding towards that and kept that money aside so that we can continue for, um, you know, facilitating that and keeping the youngsters involved in cricket, uh, during the midweek. And, and this year, or last year, sorry, um, we had a handful of youngsters still taking part. So we could subsidise the youngsters um, playing league cricket um, and representative matches during the week, and I think it's a good good order to do. And the, the county league should try to impose that on on our league cricket for the youngsters during midweek cricket and keep clubs going that way um, to represent their clubs during midweek cricket. Because you're unfortunately, I see today the, the your seventeen, your 16, 17 year olds after their exams, they don't play much league cricket. They don't play the uh, you know on the seventeens anymore. That's totally wiped out because of exams and the school structure, and I think these representative games would be a lot better to hold for the the youngsters that can play um, you know, a good standard playing the county league grounds.
0: Well, I think that's a key point, isn't it? Well, one of the things I always tell the, the, the guys from the Twickenham fours and fives is, you know, if you you know if you get a call to to play in the eighty seven league game away at Finchley, you play on Finchley's main ground, you know, uh, or you play on. Winchmore main ground or whatever, and, and and that's that's a that's a good place to play. So, um, I, and how many games do you have in a, a season? It's it's quite a few, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we we used to have. I think it, the most we had in one year was about twenty four um, wow. league games. So it would have been approximately two a week, starting from May onwards into September, um, and it was it was phenomenal. Um, and you would play against all the top clubs, and you know. And the the, the command was, was was so good. You just enjoyed and the the conversations off the ground. North London alone, we would have a barbecue there, and um, it was beautiful. And it's it's such a shame that it has to died out. But we will continue to keep it going, um, for as long as we can. And with the help of Bob Baxter from the, the County League, we'll, we'll try and facilitate that and, and get more people involved. But well, unfortunately, I can not encourage least, people you know, to
0: do it it was when i yeah. came down to middlesex 20 years ago i found it as a great tool one to, to to play a bit more cricket bat get a bit few more runs um but also to to meet folks and and to um it's not as if it's meant to be a super high standard it's meant to be a uh, an encouraging environment to play cricket in a good setting and i i totally buy that i'd strongly encourage anyone who's listening who who fancies playing a bit of midweek cricket to get in get in touch with you or me quite frankly uh, and we'll yes, we'll, yeah. we'll point them in, in the direction of Mayhall who's doing a good job running it isn't he
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, obviously, you know, Twickenham. We we play an all day game with you guys, and we do. Yeah, going on for many years, and it's it's a tremendous day. It's a tremendous day.
0: Yeah, with a magnificent curry lunch uh,
1: every year. That's the
2: highlight. (laughs) That's it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Sal, over to you. Cheers, Dan. Um, So, Michael, you've you've spoken about a very distinguished career. Charts back because it has been said thirty years. Many highlights, I imagine, during that time. But which one would be the one that stands out the most? One specific highlight of your career.
2: Um, well, I think, uh, I, along the way I've scored, I've, I've scored a lot of hundreds. Can't count them now. Um, I think Acton, when I was at Acton, they've got a good record of me and all my hundreds. Um, I got 167 against New Calypsonians in the league, um, one year. And I, I think the most memorable one would be against Mill Hill Village, The 152 I got. And, uh, we were struggling and uh, it was semi semifinals against them and they had a phenomenal side, um, Gary Top and size and those sort of fast bowlers. And we were 20, 24 for about five, four or five. And when I went in, I took the score to 272. And I think that was one of my most memorable innings that I played there. Um, and took us into the final. So I think, yeah, I've had a, a good lot of innings. And I think, you know, as I go along my, my years and standards of cricket, I could always pinpoint one good innings I've had, which is a lot of people have spoken about it. Um, and as i said it uh, Mill hill village uh, mill hill village was one of those 152 Um county league Um i, play, I think i got a 60 odd against the mccl league um, in one match against them and they had some very good cricketers there and um, i think i got a a good 70 odd where i got man in a match and one of the points i haven't discussed is that i represented the london poster region so I played a lot of cricket there when I worked for the post office for, for a period of my time and played against Scotland, Ireland, Wales, so we came up against some very good cricketers there where Royal Mail, um, in those days, they, 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 count, they had a lot of county cricket uh, playing for those sort of um, regions and it was really phenomenal, it was a good high standard in the 1980s, 1990s.
0: And, and in terms of the, 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 the standard of league cricket as it's gone along, I mean you, you, you know you scored runs all the way through your career. Um, when do you think was the, the, the high point of uh, in terms of standards of the Middlesex League? When do you think that it was at its strongest or, the, or the, the sides that you were playing against were at their strongest? Was it sort of, you know, late 80s, early 90s, or, or is it just too difficult to tell?
2: Um, well, I would say um, 80s, 90s, those were the strongest years because the County League and the, Ch- the Cricketers League had on par really good cricketers. I mean, it was just uh, unfortunate that that's how the structure was in those days. And then when he went into the championship, yes, the levels of cricket then depleted slightly because there were all new clubs entering the leagues then. Um, but when you look at it now, in comparison, to, you know, from 2000 onwards, the early 2000 when I joined Harrowtown, club cricket was very, very strong. North Middlesex, all the main clubs, Ealing, Finchley's, they were really strong in those days. Um, and was producing some very good cricketers. But in the last, from 2012, 13, that you know, coming down now, you can see the, a, a big drop in the standard of cricket. And maybe I the, One of the reasons to...
0: for that is that, I mean, just, just a guess, is that, of course, there, there aren't quite as many people playing cricket now as there used to be. So um, I guess cream will always rise to the top. The strong sides are always going to be strong. But as you go down through the divisions, inevitably, it's going to get a bit thinner, right? Because there's not quite as many people playing as, as there used to be.
2: Yep, totally agree with that, Dan. And you, you can clearly see that happening. You know that with a new structure now within the counter league, Um, not saying it in the orcly sort of way, but the uh, clubs that have come through the the structure that will be sitting at the bottom, you you can kind of say that they're not going to go any further than where they are because they just don't have the standard of cricketers. Um, And Mm. you're always going to see clubs, as the amalgamation have occurred with the Middlesex 1987 League and the number of divisions below those, there's no way that you're going to see clubs moving up unless they change their strategy, change their, their their mindset and how they play cricket um, and start building towards the level of healing for example, you know, and having a good ground of their own and things like that. But, you yeah. know, you, whichever way you look at it, you know, as you saw, Twickenham, over the years, have had five teams, and all five mm-hmm. teams progressed quite rapidly and did very well, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, I think Twickenham fifths had to pull out the league and attract the players. So you can clearly see that it has depleted. Well, our fifths are of...
0: still in the league, Mike. No, they're still in the league. Yeah, the 511 eleven, are they? Yeah, the fifth are in the league. Yeah, yeah, they they are. Um, yeah, they're keen as mustard. Yeah.
2: Oh, good, good. Yeah. So, yeah. well, there you go. So they're still there, but they rather be in other clubs. I mean, uh, Harrow town Who have struggled. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. And we've pulled the one. I was going to but... be
0: what well, being being positive, Mike, and and I'm being very positive. I think given some of the news that's come out of it the last few days, but if we by Hooker by Crook manage to get a nine game season in this year, I mean. Ifs doing a lot of work in that sentence, I appreciate it. But just if we did, um, we're a harrow town at the moment. What, what, what are you expecting? What Would you would you go into the season if we were to have one in positive frame of mind? Or is it just simply too early to tell?
2: Um, well, I think it'll be too early to tell. Um, currently, the, the ones were relegated last year. And they've got a long way to go. They're, they're rebuilding their, their squad with young players. Right. Um, but I think the enthusiasm will be, if it's nine games, I think every club you'll see phenomenal um availability, so you wouldn't know where to put all these players. They'll just spring up from nowhere yeah. because everyone will want to be playing cricket. So I think cricket will be very strong. There will be a lot of teams out there that will be very strong because you'll have all the kids playing. Everyone want to play league cricket. All your availability will be high, so the level will raise because the availability will be there.
0: Which I guess is good to see. I mean, I, if you offered me a nine-game season now, I would snap your hand off, Because, but I'm not confident we're going to end up with that. But we, we will see. We will see over the course of the next few weeks and months. Mike, we normally end, uh, as, as regular listeners will know, with our um, quick-fire quiz. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the format's pretty simple. Um, the first answer that comes into your head is normally the best answer. So um, so go with what whatever comes into your mind. And Sal and I will take it in, in turns to fire a few a few questions at you just to, to get your view on life as we know it. Now, I generally kick off, um, simple question, um, which do you prefer, Sky Sports or BBC's TMS? Sky Sports. Why is that?
2: Uh, no, I've just enjoyed watching Sky Sports. I think they've got good coverage of the way they cover the They're good, aren't they, quite they're
0: frankly? They're really good, yeah.
1: yeah. Cool, Sam? Okay. Um, Mike, preferred format of playing cricket, is it timed or limited overs?
2: I would say now it would be limited overs because I can't run as fast as I used to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mike, you never really wanted to run that far anyway. You like to whack it over the boundary and you (laughs) see it plenty of times. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know too many West Indian cricketers who really love running. they like, you know, whacking the ball is where they are. All good. Mm -hmm. If you had a choice, Would you go for Vivian Richards or Gary Sobers? Viv Richards. okay. Any particular reason? I mean, both great players.
2: Well, um, I think Viv Richards was my era because I was – I remember when I went to the Oval when I was 13 and watched him score the 291. I was there.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah.
2: In that year, a hot summer. My dad had me sitting at the Oval, no shade.
0: That 1976, was it? Is that, is, that, is that when that was? 1976, yep, yep, I was there. Yeah,
1: wow. 291, that's a decent knock, fair play. <laughs> Good stuff, Sal. Mike, moving some food now. So you've got an option of two meals here. Which one would you choose? Are you a fish and chips man or roast dinner? Roast dinner. Mm.
0: Cool. Okay. I think, I think we've had a bit of a... It's 50-50 split on that one, isn't it, Sal, right? With the people we've asked, there's been a bit of a divergence.
1: Yeah. It yeah. tends to be, unless it's
0: us two. We would choose both. Yeah, absolutely. Every single time. And dessert. Um, right, next one. Now, this one's going to be tricky. I'm really interested in what you say on this one. Um, if you were picking an all-time West Indies eleven, which four fast bowlers do you go for and which two get the new ball?
2: So the fast bowlers will be uh, Michael Holding, Malcolm Marshall, Joel Garner, and I would pick Ian Bishop.
0: Ian Bishop? No Wayne Daniel? No. Okay.
2: He was good, but um, I I would go for Ian Bishop. He was he was ruthless. Oh, in fact, actually, um, yeah, I'll go for uh, Ian Bishop. The other one I would. To be fair to
0: him. He he would have got hundreds of wickets, wouldn't he? But he had a bad back, if I remember rightly. So he yeah, had to he retire. Did, point yeah. prematurely. He did, yeah. Um, well, we, we we for people who weren't listening to the podcast with Mike Milton, he he um, uh, from from Finchley, he was telling us about the day he played in the Gillette Cup and faced Joel Garner, and he said that you know he would much rather face Ian Botham at the other end. Not that Botham was a bad bowler than Joel Garner. He said he was an absolute beast. He said you know playing him was just. Just, just a nightmare. Um, so, um, so which two would get the new ball? Malcolm Marshall and Holding, or
2: um, yeah, I would go for Malcolm Marshall and for Holding
1: and Whispering Death.
2: Okay,
1: cool. Oh, definitely. yeah. So, Mike, so you've played with some fantastic players in your time at the clubs you you know you've been at. Which one player that you've played with would you always have in your team? If you could pick a team week in week out, which player would be a regular name on that team sheet?
2: I would boy. say I, I've played a lot of good players um, around the circuit, and I think the player I would have in my team uh, would be my brother. Um, because I distinctly remember when I was playing at Wickham House, there used to be a scorer, Vivian um, Holgarth, and phenomenal uh, scorer, and she couldn't distinguish between myself and my brother. We both left Andy Bra- Batsmans. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> Could not figure you don't out which was exactly which. No, exactly
0: the I, I, same.
2: though, do you? To be fair, <laughs> no, 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 she couldn't. But because we used to tease and we used to wear the same re- um, burgundy helmets. But yeah, I would pick my brother <laughs> because um, I, I, he was a phenomenal fielder and in his time was a, a phenomenal bowler. Um, he had a stint tried to get into the counties as well. Had his trial to Derbyshire um, and it was a, a very good fast bowler. But um, you know, we were brought up together. We played all our cricket together. He's a dedicated cricketer. Um, and, you know, we enjoyed, you know, batting with each other. And that's, I suppose, then you know that. You've seen us bat together. Yep. Take, plenty of take times. Other yep. yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I would say my brother, he would be one of the first players that I would pick in my
0: team. So no, very fair answer. I'm going to bring us back to the to, to England now. We talked a, bit, a little bit about West Indies cricket there. If you had to choose one of these players to have on your side, which one would you go for? Ian Botham, Freddie Flintoff, Ben Stokes. Ben Stokes. Okay. Why did you go for Stokes ahead of the other two?
2: Well, you know, look, he reminds me something like myself as well because he, he's a batsman bowler or bowler-batsman, a phenomenal fielder, and he's a match winner. You know, he, he, you can see clearly the two two um, matches he played this year. Um, and, yes, Ian Botham was a, was a tremendous player in his time. But when you look at his innings in the World Cup and you look at the innings he had in the Ashes, you know, he, he, he batted all through the innings. He, he wanted to win that game. And that was his determination, ir, irrespective of who was the other end. You know, he, he, he knew what he had to do. And that's where I was trying to encourage players of my era. You know, when you go into bat, you know, you've got to win those games. You know, it's no point saying you've got a hundred and then you've lost the match. If you're going to get a hundred, you've got to win the match. And that's how I saw him play the, the, the matches. And I, I would like to have him in my team.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Sal, over to you. Okay, so you kind of answered my question originally, but we'll go back to it in terms of on the spot here now, Michael. You you mentioned your brother Victor. Who is a better player, Michael or Victor Jadina? I was. (laughs) I like that. No messing around.
2: (laughs) No, my dad's always said that. Um, My brother, he, he had it tough. I mean, he was mainly a bowler. Um, and then when he, when he lost his shoulder, he, he had to become a batsman. So he struggled over the years and really had to rebuild his batting technique and everything else. And, you know, he became a very good batsman. He opens the batting now. But when you look at, um, a different flair to cricket and, you know, I can only bridge what I hear from other players around the circuit about the way I batted and how I scored runs and how I played cricket, you learn about yourself. Um, and that's, I'm sure, you know, all these professionals around the circuit, when you look at Brian Lara and those sort of guys, you Know they were phenomenal players, but they built a reputation, they built themselves a character with their own name. And I think, fortunately, and I'd like to think that when people talk about Michael Jananath and they say, oh, I remember that Michael Janath with the white helmet and the long hair, you know, a phenomenal batsman had a different style. So, <laughs> those were the things that you would hear around the circuit and how they remember me.
0: I think that's a fair call. Um, much as I like Vish, and he's a great guy, um, I, I think, I think you know.
1: You probably just, you just nudge him on that one for sure. Sal? Yeah, I remember that look as well, Michael, the, the long hair and the white white helmet. It's stuck in my mind, mate. Yeah. great. Look. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dan? Um, last one from me. Yeah. Um, now, leaving Vish
0: to one side um, and, um, yeah, I'll put, I'll put it simply. Who's a favourite player that you've played against? Who did you really enjoy playing against? And maybe because it was somebody you scored runs against all the time, or just a real character. I enjoyed turning up and having eight hours in the company of, of that guy. Who springs to mind?
2: Well, uh, whew, that's a, that's a difficult one. But, a tough um, one? I think there, there, there's been a lot of players over the years uh, around the circuit. Um, you know, there's been a lot of players like yourself, uh, Dan at, at, um, Twickenham. But I think, um, if I were to, um, pull someone's name out of the hat, it would be, um uh, Lindley from Ealing ah, okay yeah yeah um, I got to know John uh, over the years and scored a lot of runs and I got criticized by him when I, when he was bowling to me. but then when I became chairman of the league and playing in the league representative time and you know, and talking to him, I learned a lot about him and, and enjoyed you know having a good good banter with him on the pitch when, when we played against each other. At club level cricket, so yeah, he would be one I would um, say had a very high regard for.
0: No,
1: that seems a pretty fair answer to me. Um, Sal, so Michael, I want to ask you a final question from us is if you could pick one, so you can pick a seam bowler and a spin bowler to bowl for your life, who would it yep. be that you've played against or with?
2: Uh, well, the, the, the one I uh, bowler would be um, Rambo, um, played at Wickham House, um. Had a, a good number of battles against him and around a circuit in the West Indian Leagues. He would be one of the fastest bowlers I, I've played. Um, that gave me a tough time. All his wanted is to knock my head off. And I would say one of the best spin bowlers that I've played in the 1980s, late 80s and, and 1990s with and against would have been Matthew Turnell. Phenomenal off-spin bowler and I reckon he would have made any counter-league side. Yeah, definitely. In, in his
0: day, problems. he was a good bowler, wasn't he?
2: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I took a lot of wickets. And uh, I tell you, he was one bowler I could feel right under the bat, no matter who the batsman was. I would go right and and, and feel right under that bat at short leg. I got hit once when he bowled a long hop but I could guarantee you nine times out of ten, he would pitch it that you could take catches. Then I took a handful of slip catches with him. Um, so yeah, I would definitely put him in my side as a spin bowler, one of the best spin bowlers I've played with.
1: Very good pick
0: makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me. Um, Mike, I mean, it's been a fascinating discussion this evening, talking about the players you've played with and against, and of course, you know, going through some of your achievements. Um, and I think it's easy easy to sort of forget that over the years, there's been an awful lot of good cricket played in and around Middlesex, and you, you've been a part of it. So we, we appreciate your, your insights there. And of course, also the work you've done with the 1987 League, which... Um, I mean, I saw perhaps cl- closer than most because I played regularly in, in the midweek uh, side. But I think that the seamless transition into the counter league has been, you know, your contribution as chairman of the eighty-seven league has been has been significant. So, um, so, so, thanks very much for coming on and for for sharing no problem, your thank you. uh, your thoughts
1: with us, Sal. Do you wanna you wanna um, any last thoughts before we go? Yeah, just to reiterate what you said. So, thanks to Michael for coming on the podcast. It's Been a fantastic guest to have on. Um, next so couple of weeks, I think the plan now is to do a podcast every two weeks. And we're hoping to get someone from the league on, an official kind of member of the league, to try and help us out and clarify where the league stands regarding obviously speech Boris Johnson's made and how we may, you know, get back into the pitch at some point this season. So next couple of weeks. And if any viewers or any listeners out there who've got any questions they may want to ask, then please feel free to send in to myself or Dan or to the Twitter page. Um, otherwise, keep listening and we'll we'll be back on soon.
0: So we're going to try and get somebody on to make sense of Boris Johnson. Crikey, the, the bar is high. The bar is- <laughs> I don't know who's going to be up for that one. But no, that, that's exactly right. We're going to get somebody in to try and work out where we might be going over the next few few weeks and months. One last thing from me. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, then um, it, it does apparently matter if, if we get nice ratings on all these podcast providers. I'll be honest, I'm never quite sure why it matters, but I'm told it does. So if you like what you hear, do, do give us a rating. Uh, that would be very much um appreciated. In the meantime, we will see everybody or or, or you will hear from us uh in, in about two weeks' time. So thanks very much. Cheers guys. Cheers guys.
2: Thank you much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Oh, bye bye. Bye-bye.